Leadership can be lonely, but it doesn't have to be. Welcome to Rerooted and Thriving, a space to empower and inspire women to lead with authenticity and own their voices. I'm Dr. Tamara Dias, book lover, occasional runner, and a woman on a mission to help you cultivate a sustainable leadership journey. Let's get started. We are back another week and a brand new episode just for you of the Rerooted and Thriving podcast. Let's jump right into our topic. This week, I want to talk about time management. Why do I want to talk about time management? Well, if you actually go to Google and you type in a phrase like women leaders and time or leadership and time, Google will always almost will almost always autofill that last word to be management. So if you type in time, management almost always comes up immediately. I believe it comes up so frequently because so many people struggle with time management, with managing their schedules, with finding the quote unquote work life balance, managing their home life, managing a really demanding work schedule, and then trying to find space for self-care and sustainability and wellness. I think this is something that everybody at some point in their lives struggles with or either has to work through to find the perfect rhythm for them in that particular season of their life. So I figured, why not make this a conversation with you all this week on the podcast? Because I feel like if you listen to this podcast, then it's absolutely a conversation between you and I. I pretend you're in the room here with me having this conversation. So let's jump right into it. You know that I've had, if you've been following this podcast or if you follow me, then you know that I've had a a pretty diverse career in terms of holding different positions in the K through 12 education space. I've done some work in higher education at the college level and also in corporate America. And in each of these spaces, I think a common theme or a common denominator in all of them has been trying to find the balance between what was assigned to me, what the duties of my position were, and juggling everything, finding time management in my schedule. And I think that that's really unique because time management looked really different at each of those spaces. Time management for myself as a first year, second year, fifth year teacher looked very different than time management did when I became a school administrator and a school leader. And though I learned about myself in each position, I was able to kind of figure out, okay, you prefer to work at this time of day, or you're more productive when you structure your schedule this way. Though I learned that information early on, when I transitioned into different positions, it did require me to kind of adjust to whatever the specific demands of that position were at that time. So I think too, I had to go through this process of not only learning myself, but also being willing to adjust along the way. As I got new responsibilities, as I grew in my positions, as my titles changed, time management, you know, your first year out of college into a position looks much different than time management did when I became a member of the C-suite and took an executive position. Um, And leaders everywhere struggle with managing their time, with creating routines, sticking with routines, creating schedules. And I hope that as you're listening to this, you're raising your hand or you're talking back to me going, absolutely, me too, because you've been there as well. So today on the podcast, I wanted to take some time, 
have a, a conversation around not just some tips around time management, but a real authentic conversation around this idea of work-life balance, specifically as leaders. I remember when I was looking for a position before I got my corporate position, and one of the things that I would always see, well, not always, but I would often see in the job description was the the posting would quote something like, we believe in a work-life balance or we promote a work-life balance. But then it would list all these duties and responsibilities and how demanding the position was and how sometimes you know, you may be required to step up and do some extra work because we believe in teamwork, but then alternatively, quote, work-life balance. That led me into a deeper conversation of what exactly is work-life balance? And I'm not going to spend too much time here because maybe this should be an entire episode in itself. This idea of work-life balance, what it is, is anything ever really balanced um, or are we just juggling really well? Um, one of my favorite people in the world. I call her my big sister in my head, Dr. Takia Robinson. And she is the co-host of the Getting Grown podcast. And on her on her podcast, um, she and Jade, they host together. Dr. Robinson or Kia, as they call her, um, she talks about not necessarily having a work-life balance, but understanding that there are periods in her life and in her day that just require more effort or more time than others. So an example might be, you know, today I clocked in or I had my first meeting at seven o'clock and then I had meetings until seven o'clock. For some people that might be unbalanced, right? Because for them, oh my goodness, I'm working all day long. I had a, a meeting when I woke up and then I'm in a meeting, you know, a couple hours before I get ready to go to bed. Some people might say that that's not balanced. However, others may say that is balance for the season of life that I'm in right now, because that doesn't mean that every single day for the next three months, I'm going to have that schedule. But it means that this week, if we're finishing a major project or we're working on a major assignment, I am going to have to work a little bit longer. I'm going to be in meetings a little bit longer. But then next week, maybe I wrap things up at three o'clock or four o'clock. So understanding too that work-life balance for me specifically, doesn't always look like, oh my goodness, I'm juggling everything perfectly. I'm sleeping the perfect amount of hours and I'm eating nutritious every single day. I'm exercising. I'm setting aside time every day for um, my quiet time and my prayer. And then I'm setting aside time for family and friends. I can't do that every day. So part of understanding work-life balance too, on a personal level, was understanding that work-life balance is going to shift for me and it's going to look different based on where I am in the moment. Again, work-life balance looked different for me when I was getting my doctorate. When I was a grad student who was also working full-time, work-life balance was really hard in terms of what society may define as balance because I was working a full-time job, I had a part-time job, and when I wasn't doing either of those, I was either in class or I was writing and then writing my dissertation towards the end. So work-life balance looked like, okay, today I can't really afford to go to this event for four hours, but I can take a break from my work for an hour and a half. That was balance in that season. So as we jump into these tips and suggestions for time management, I really want to encourage you to think about and open up your mind and your thoughts to this idea that work-life balance is going to look different for everyone and that there's not a cookie cutter approach to it. So as you think about time management and trying to really balance out your schedule or round out your schedule, 
don't beat yourself up if you're finding weight, but I don't necessarily have time for, you know, this checklist of 30 things to achieve optimum balance. That may not be the case. But what I want you to do is to give yourself some flexibility and understanding that each day could look different, each week could look different, each month could look different, and being okay with that. All right. So thinking about time management, I want to talk about the tips and the suggestions that I have that have worked really well for me in my schedule um, in terms of time management over the years. And consistently, these things have been really helpful for me um, as I've shifted into different positions, as I've shifted into different roles. Um, I tried to to compile the things that I figured would be most helpful to you all that regardless of the title that I had at the time, this still pretty much worked and I still use it today. So the first one is going to be, and I say this, I've said it on Instagram quite a few times. I've tweeted about it. So if you've been following me, then you've heard this before. My biggest tip for time management is to do a brain dump at the start of every week. A brain dump is exactly what it sounds like. You take everything that is in your brain, you dump it out, you put it on paper. I typically do my brain dumps on Sunday. And I do them on Sunday because a lot of people will talk about like this, the Sunday scaries, the feeling you get on Sunday evenings when you start thinking about all the things you have to do on Monday and you start to like go into this panic. If this is not you, I just want to say, oh my goodness, I wish I could be you because though I don't have the Sunday scaries now, I have had them. Um, And so I typically now have gotten in the habit of doing my brain dumps on Sunday evenings just because I find that it's such a relief for me to get everything out of my head onto paper. So I have a notebook. You can grab a pad, a giant post-it, whatever works for you, um, a whiteboard. But I literally sit down at my computer sometimes, or I sit down at my desk. I don't open my computer. Sit down at my desk, grab a pen, grab my pad. Sometimes I'll put on a really nice jazz or a lo-fi beats playlist, and I just let my brain go for about 15 minutes. I don't look at my calendar um, because I don't really want to like clock back into work, so I don't pull up my emails or anything, but I literally just kind of dump out everything that is on my mind at the moment. Usually I find that when my mind starts to wander about work, I'm starting to think about, oh, wait, I have this Zoom meeting on Monday at this time, and I have to remember to send this email on Thursday, and I have to not make sure that I remember that I signed up to volunteer to drop off dinner to this group on Friday. That really stressed me out. So for me, I literally just do a brain dump, and sometimes I will organize it by category. So because I'm involved in a few community organizations, I will usually do a column for that. I'll do a column for work and then I own my own coaching and consulting business. So I'll do a column for that as well. And then I just go across each column and dump everything that is on my brain onto the paper. Every time I do a brain dump, I feel better afterwards. Even if I see that, you know, I've dumped, you know, 50 things out of my head, it feels so good to clear it out of my head and to get it on paper And it sounds silly because all you're doing is writing down, but y'all, I can't tell you how helpful brain dumps have been for me. Then on Monday, I actually take my brain dump tasks or activities. Once I start my day on Monday and I open my computer and I look at my calendar, then I start to plug everything into a to-do list and move it from the the brain dump kind of rough draft into my official task and to-do list for the week. 
this helps me out a lot um, because usually I find that I, when I do my brain dump, a lot more kind of comes to mind over that time period. And it really makes it, it serves as like a checkpoint. So I'm not forgetting things throughout the week. Um, so I highly encourage you that as you think about managing your time, trying to find a way to balance your responsibilities out. If you don't do a brain dump, please do it. Give yourself that 15, 20 minutes. I do mine on Sunday. I know some people do their brain dumps on Monday morning. Um, if you typically don't have like any big meetings on Monday mornings, maybe put in your calendar that every Monday at nine o'clock, the first thing you'll do is a brain dump, make it a calendar item and commit to that. I know a lot of people like it on Monday. So that's just an option too. The next tip that I use that has followed me, and I used it when I was writing my dis my dissertation um, because writing it was really hard. Um, and, you know, I was writing for a year. And so to commit to writing something for that long, I had to figure out, well, how do I write when I don't feel like it? Because there were lots of days where I just didn't want to open my computer. Um, and so I used the Pomodoro technique. And the Pomodoro technique is just a time management method um, I think traditionally it's 25 minutes, but I've done Pomodoro's in 30 minutes. Um, so basically you work for extended periods of time and then you take short breaks. So I would work for 30 minutes and then take a five minute break and then work for another 30 minutes and then take a five minute break. And those would be my work blocks and my work cycles. That is really how I wrote my dissertation because usually when I didn't want to write, at least about 10, 20 minutes in, I would write something. So even if by the end of the day, I had only added a paragraph, putting in that time and making sure that I stuck with it really helped me stay consistent. Now, I have a lot of friends who are professors, who are college professors. The Pomodoro Technique works for them as they're writing articles and they're applying for grants. Um, in the nonprofit sector, if you're an executive director and you're writing grants, that's a great technique to use. Um, as you're going through your task list, and things that you have to do for the day, I highly suggest putting on a Pomodoro timer, um, maybe even for emails. So if you normally notice that you're spending more time on emails than you would like, then I definitely suggest using the Pomodoro technique there to say, I'm going to set it for 25 minutes. Whatever I don't finish in 25 minutes, I'll pick back up and do it in a second chunk later in the day. I know a lot of people feel like they need to set better boundaries around how much time they're spending on emails. And for me, I find that by setting the timer, I'm actually more focused on getting the task done or using that time and maximizing my productivity during that time block. So for example, if I say I'm going to work on, you know, I'm working on a schedule. If I'm creating a schedule for a team that I'm leading or a team that I'm supervising and I'm getting ready to assign everybody, you know, a time slot in the task or something like that. I will set a Pomodoro timer, the timer for, you know, 25 minutes. And for that 25 minutes, I will go so hard. I will focus. I'm, I'm, you know, tapped into what I need to do. I'm not jumping off to scroll on social media or to respond to text messages. My timer is set and I'm focused. Working in those blocks forces me to really maximize the time that I have. So if you find that you're someone who normally can easily get distracted or drift, during the workday, highly suggested. You can actually just go to Google and type in Pomodoro technique. Um, Pomodoro is spelled P-O-M-O-D-O-R-O. -O -O. You can just type it in and there's quite a few websites. Um, I use the one that's called Tomato Timer um, and you click on that and you can set it to as many different intervals as you would like. 
and a timer will go off when it's time for your break. And then the timer will go off to tell you when it's time to jump back in. Um, and there's apps you can download on your phone too. You can just go to your app store, whether you have Android or Apple and look for a Pomodoro timer there. All right, my third tip is going to be to group activities or tasks that are similar in nature. So as an entrepreneur, one of the things that I've tried to do is to kind of chunk my time together in terms of things that are similar. So if I'm working on content for the week, I typically will do content across all platforms. So I'll look at content for Instagram, content for Twitter, content for LinkedIn. In the workplace, I know that I typically will do tasks that are related closer together. So for me, it's emails, returning voicemails, returning any text messages that were business related that people sent to me that I need to follow up on. I'll try to put those together. Um, if you're working on a project, really maybe looking at your schedule and figuring out a time, a set time during the day where you're going to focus on that project. I do that when I'm juggling multiple projects at once or multiple big, multiple big events at once. I'll set a time of day and say, you know, for this hour and a half, I'm going to focus on project one. Then I'll take a break. And then for the next hour and a half, I'm going to focus on project two. This helps my brain because multitasking, as much as we like to think we're great at multitasking, a lot of us are not. And so grouping activities together that are similar really allows your brain to focus in that moment on that specific project. And it really takes you out of this kind of jumping back and forth that we often see. So if you do not do this, if you are someone who normally finds yourself jumping from one project to the next and having to figure out, wait, who am I emailing about this? Am I still on the last project? I can't keep up. I think you should structure or at least try structuring your day to where you group all of the tasks for one specific project together, get those done and then move on to the next. I think it'll really help you streamline a lot of your attention throughout the day. My fourth and final tip is going to be something that I think we all have a hard time doing. So I want everybody to take a deep breath right now and let it out. The fourth and final tip is delegate. I hope you're still here. I hope you didn't turn the podcast off and run away. Delegate can be a scary word for a lot of people especially if you tend to be type A or you like to be in control of things, delegating can be really hard because then you have to look at handing things off to someone else, taking something off of your plate to assign to someone else or to give to someone else. The focus of this podcast is to speak to leaders. And I learned very early on that delegating tasks not only helped my own time management it not only allowed me to be really productive and to focus my energy in the best way possible in the most effective ways possible but it also allowed me to build up the next leader if i was holding on to all of the responsibilities myself i didn't have an opportunity to look at other people on my team and say wait this could be a real a really impactful opportunity for you to step up learn something new and then own your own leadership ability and begin to cultivate your own leadership style. So also think about that too. If delegating and that word scares you, think about this as an opportunity to hand off something on your plate to somebody who really wants to hone that skill or learn something new. You get the opportunity to build up another leader, which is exactly what we should be doing. As leaders, we should always be looking around and to figure out who is the next leader that I can bring up. Who is the person in my team that I can also work with? And so if delegating is hard for you 
and you feel like, I don't know that I could ever just kind of take things off my plate. Think about that. Think about tasks that you've done for a really long time that you probably have a process for. Start there and then start to delegate those things. Bigger projects that maybe require a little bit more attention from you or are a little bit more hands-on, don't start with delegating those. Start with things that maybe you've done consistently for a few months or a few years that there are defined processes in place and you know that you can take a few moments, explain it to someone and then have them repeat the process and then take on the task themselves. Delegating is a huge part of time management because we can't be everything to everyone. And I know that as leaders, we try We try to carry everything ourselves. We try to manage everything on our own plates and it gets overwhelming. So yes, a huge part of time management is going to be stepping up and saying, I realize that I can't do this, but I'm willing to look around my team and to ask myself, who can I delegate this to? Who can I reach out to, to join in with me on completing this task, on completing this project and potentially give somebody else the opportunity to build their own leadership capacity? That is something that was offered to me before I became a leader. I worked for leaders that didn't that didn't have a problem with reaching back to me and delegating things to me and giving me the opportunity to try new things. So I encourage you, as you look at your schedule and the days where you get overwhelmed, as you're doing your brain dumps, as you're writing out your task list, ask yourself, is there something on my plate right now that I could hand over to somebody else that maybe it's time for me to kind of move on from. I've had this task for a while. It could be time for me to pass this along and delegate to free my schedule up. All right. You know, I try to keep this podcast to about 20 minutes. So I'm going to go ahead and wrap it up here. As usual, I'm going to wrap us up with a pearl of wisdom. This week's pearl of wisdom is going to come from Sarah Blakely. She is the founder and CEO of Spanx. Shout out to you, Sarah. And Sarah says, don't be intimidated by what you don't know. That can be your greatest strength and ensure that you do things differently from everyone else. So don't be afraid if you don't know it all. You don't have to know it all. That could just be the thing that differentiates you from everyone else out here doing the same things. All right. That brings this week's episode of Rerooted and Thriving to a close. I'll see you back here next week. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Rerooted and Thriving. Be sure to follow me on Instagram at Dr. Tamara W. Dias. And if you're interested in leadership coaching, check out my website, www.tamaradias.com for details on coaching offerings. See you next week.